Hey, what's going on? This is the show. I hate myself. I also hate myself. Hey, what's going on? This is I Hate Myself. Uh, I'm uh, Joe Troman. Hey, I'm uh, Wade Randolph. I, I never know if I should introduce myself, if you're going to introduce me. I was going to introduce you, but I like that you took the initiative this time. Oh, man. I'm being so much more proactive about my life. It's almost you might be so positive, you might have to, you might get fired from the show. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, geez, I don't, well, I don't want to, I want to be perfect at doing this show. So uh, should we take it from the top and, and I'll start over or should I, should I just hate myself for the rest of this episode? I think you hate yourself for the rest of this episode. I think that threat of, of termination has driven you back down in the dumps and we can move forward. Uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything for the rest of this. Oh my goodness. This is going to be very difficult. Well, now I think. I'm Good gonna... luck, Joe. I think I might have to fire you then. Um, <laughs> hi, how are you? We actually haven't, you know, this is real. Wade and I haven't talked in a while and we used to see each other nearly every day. Yeah, so. um, I'm fine. I'm sleeping a lot. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, all of my projects have been canceled, so I'm sort of like... Uh, uh, I know. I'm sorry, man. Uh, well, you know, you just got to hire me on something other than this podcast. And... <laughs> I will. <laughs> then... I mean, if that's, what it, if that's what it takes, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's either that or I move into my sister's basement. Well, I mean, we can do both. We can make it all happen if that's the dream. Is that... Am I? Am I? Well, it is kind of the dream. It's a very nice basement. Well, that's what I. Yeah, I figured it, you wouldn't bring it up unless it wasn't kind of on your dream board. I mean, it's, what's on your dream board? Is there a picture of your sister's basement? What else? <laughs> that's part of my. Yeah, most of my dreams are just cashing out of this life and living a stress-free life, uh, doing anything else. You know, I have a question. If this drives you, because you brought this up a second ago, you brought it up in jest uh, yes. and humor of. Uh, being, you know, about being, you know, worried about messing up. And I feel like that yeah. that, that's, that drives me <laughs> daily, all the time. I was actually just like thinking about how I'm so afraid. I remember like living in New York. I lived there for like seven years. Uh, and I was very afraid that if I walked down the street incorrectly, I'd get yelled at. Oh, constantly. When I, I remember when I was like a freshman in college, I was like constantly trying to be like, I'm not a freshman. I'm fitting in here. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Just like never wanting to like raise any red flags of, of that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I do the same thing on travel too. Like I, well, and this is just good travel advice to, to not try to look like a tourist so that you won't get robbed or whatever. But like, sure. I went to Chicago. You're from there. Just like putting the card into the, into the, um, the L, the elevated train, mm -hmm. like, yeah, just trying to do that like a pro, not looking like a like a newbie and like fucking that up and like five people behind me going like, why can't he do this? If something like that happens to me, <clears throat> it's not like I can just brush it off. I'm still thinking about it. This was 10 years yeah. ago. It's a lot of it's crazy <laughs> how long that stuff will stick around. And if you're any type of sensitivo like we are, that you'll just hold on to that and, and use it as a way to like grade yourself. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be alive if I wasn't, if I wasn't constantly like second guessing every single thing that I've ever done. 
I hate when it like it's been happening to me lately, and I wonder. I got the um, the Pfizer shot. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, thank you so much. I had you jumped the line. I didn't jump. How how are you ethically on that? I didn't jump the line. I'll tell you how it <laughs> happened. No, I jumped somebody to get in. Oh, cool. I did, yeah, you I stole th- their ID. Oh, I mean, I murdered them. It was just a homeless guy who looks a lot like you because you you have a very homeless look these days. I have a homeless look, yeah. I want to fit in. I want to be one of the people. But anyway. Uh Oh, yeah. So I get, well, I'll tell you how I got the COVID shot. So I signed up. I'm like, someone sent me a link to calbacks.org. And they're like, hey, you can pick entertainer as your profession now. And, you know, they're they're doing entertainers. So I, I made the appointment. They really did have, you pull down the occupation tab, service dash entertainment. I'm like, that's me. I'm in entertainment. So I picked that and I went and I got in my car and I got in line and they I pull up and, and the nurse has me roll my window down and she goes, what's your occupation? I said, entertainment. She said, we're not doing that. Oh, <laughs> and really? I said, and I said, I, it's, I signed up on this thing. It, it said I had, you know, it said that was an occupation I could choose on Calvax. And, and, and she goes, I don't know what to tell you. Do you have an underlying condition? I said, well, I do have asthma. And it's true. I do. I am asthmatic. So do I. And and so she goes, great. Do you have a doctor's note? I go, no. She's like, do you have your inhaler? I'm like, of course I don't have my inhaler. I never <laughs> remember to bring my inhaler. That's why I have full-on asthma attacks and I work through them because I don't use my inhaler. And she goes, okay, uh, red or blue? And I'm like, what do you mean? What's the color of your inhaler? I go, it's blue. And she goes, okay. Uh, I'll be it I go, yeah. And she goes, okay, hold on. And she comes back with this form. It's called a self-attestment form or self-attestation form. I yeah. can't even say the word. The word sounds wrong coming out of my mouth because it's far, far into me. But um, it's basically <laughs> a form where you just, you sign it and you say, all of our liability is gone. You're saying you have an underlying condition. We're just going to have to accept that. You give the form back and they're like, okay, you can get your shot. And then I got it. But then that day I got an email from the California health department saying that they were opening up to, to people in you know our general age now i think you can just kind of go get it really i i'm so out of the loop on all this stuff no one has told me anything i wonder why I are you out of why are we out why are people out of the loop about the vaccine in america why could no that, one has how ever that, told how could me that, how could that be the case <laughs> right yeah no we're so well run and coordinated that uh, i can't i can't imagine yeah, it's all we ordered enough to begin with. We are taken care of. Now I'll send you some stuff. Um, yeah, send it to me because I have no idea. Stuff. But I'm also I'm also just chilling because like my life is not going to change if I get it. I'm still going to be at home for two more months until. Yeah, but it'll make you feel like a, it does make you feel a little more relieved. But anyway, the reason I brought it up is because and I talked to another friend that got the Pfizer shot as well. And I don't know if this is the same for the Moderna and for the Johnson and Johnson, but. You know that like COVID brain fog that like you've, you've heard about, like the thing where like bit, yeah. people get it and like they, they have a hard time with re- memory recall, word recall, all that stuff. So I got the shot and then for days I would be right working on, you know, writing with somebody and I felt the dumbest I've ever felt in my entire life. Like I couldn't think, I couldn't, I wasn't quick. Not not that I'm the quickest guy in the world, but I'm okay. And I just was like, oh, yeah, I can't you're just do kind that. of You're I just can't... kind of describing what I feel like all the time right now. But you are quick. Mm, I'm not like I'm not like improv quick. I'm like uh, I'm not. Imp- well, neither am I. Uh, 
I'm a writer, man. I write, I write stuff. I think about it. Well, I guess I do too, but I guess I couldn't think <laughs> at all. And so I started feeling even worse. Yeah. And I felt really, da- I felt really, I went through recently like a really bad, because I also, oh my God, I didn't tell you this, man. So for everyone that's listening who wants a quick history about my back, I have a thing called degenerative disc disease. I've had two partial discectomy surgeries, one at 17, one at 30. So I have severe spine problems. They're terrible, but I've had them under control for the past three or four years. And then my back went out about like a month and a half ago. So my spine doctor's like, let's get you an MRI. So I go in and one of my discs, for those of you that don't know what those are, which I feel like most people do, those are the squishy things that separate your vertebrae so they don't touch. Well, my lower back, I'm one of those is, is gone. So right now my vertebrae are, are touching. Did it uh, disintegrate or what happened? It like, yeah, it just basically degraded over time of use. It just, it was so crappy anyway. It was just like, as I kept using it and using it, it just went away. So now I have- And this all, this all started because you were sitting on a chair and your friend put an airbag under the chair and set it off and you launched into the air, right? Like that's mm-hmm. how your back problem started. You were, yeah, I got launched in you the were air. Trying to, you were trying to get on jackass and they say like, don't do this, but you did. They said anyway. don't do this at home, but I was like, I feel like that's an invitation to do this at home, to send in the video. And I felt yeah, like- so that you could be on the show. You could be buddies me, with um, Yeah, Johnny, no- Johnny Knoxville's the, the everyman. And so I feel like yeah. I'm like Johnny Knoxville or Steve. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm Steve O. Hey, man. I try my new hot sauce. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, you could be Steve O. I mean, you guys both have the same hairline, I feel like, you and Steve O. Hey, <laughs> I, uh, I got a giant tattoo of Steve O on my back. So. Oh, you do? I could, yeah. So do Just I. so that I could like impersonate him at like parties, you know, they have those impersonators you can hire for like 20 Oh, that's a cool months. idea. Oh, I'd hire, Ruby's turning seven in April and she loves jackass. Could I yeah, hire have Steve-O yeah. come around. Hey, 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 Ruby, happy birthday. And then I'll like stick a knife into my face. <laughs> what? Yeah. We, that's, that's, yeah, that'll be good for her, for her <laughs> seven-year-old birthday party. She'll love it. She'll love um, it. One time Wee Man kicked, uh, a member of my band in the nuts on MTV at the VMAs. Now, is that a high kick for Wee Man or a side kick? Like, at what, what, what? It's a high. Level it's a, it, it looked like a high kick. Yeah, it seems like a pretty high kick. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of fond feelings about those guys because of that scenario. I don't think that was really necessary. <laughs> I know that's part of their thing. I get it's your shtick, but like, kick each other in the nuts. Don't kick my friend in the nuts. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice. He's like a really nice, sweet guy. You can see it. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name. Just look it up on the internet from 2007 or something. They signed up for it. That doesn't mean that everyone they're around needs to subject themselves to it. No, and I get it. You guys all like probably had like sh- like came from like cre- like shitty lives. So you're getting you're dealing with all your stuff by beating yourselves and each other up. But I don't want a part of that. I my I like to self-flagellate. I'm not here to flagellate others. And also I like to self-flagellate like emotionally. The pain that I feel, the physical pain that I feel, my body's doing it to itself. My body's deteriorating on its own. Well, that, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, like, that's that goes back to our whole thing of, like, beating ourselves up for the most minute mistakes that we've made. Yeah, I, that's a big reason. We talked about this in one of the prior episodes. Eppers, 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 episodes. See, I can't even say that word. Fuck, I'm going to quit, man. Uh, well, you <laughs> took the vaccine. You've got brain fog. Yeah, I got brain fog, guys, so this is going to be the worst episode of the season. So anyway, 
But no, I mean, I think it's a big reason. We talked a little bit about um, in the past why I've become less online. It's because I got so caught up in emotionally getting everything right for everybody and becoming this perfectionist for everyone. I'm already a perfectionist for myself. I already like want to do everything really, really well. And I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to hurt anybody. And I, which is like not offending people. That's like, it's antithesis to comedy kind of at the end of the day, like you need to offend people. But like at the same time, I don't, I just don't want to hurt people, especially like regarding identity, regarding orientation, any of that stuff. I don't want to, I want to get it right. And I could never get it right. And it made me even sadder. It's like, I can't even get this right. I can't make anybody happy. And that's what kind of got me off the, uh, off of, um, I mean, I'd still play a lot of crossword puzzles online. Don't worry. Just online. You don't do the New York times and I do the New York times online on my laptop because it's a bigger screen because my eyes are getting bad. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Can all the hip teens listening relate to this reading problem with us? Listen, (laughs) Hey, if you've, if you're a hip teen and you've got a friend with glasses and you try their glasses on and go, Oh man, you're blind. Uh, just wait 20 years. Yeah. Wait 20 years because that person with glasses is going to spend the next 20 years plotting your murder. Oh, I was going a different way. I was just thinking that no, your eyes you're, would be bad in 20 you're years. You're thinking about degenerative problems that happen to most And you people. won't even yeah. see that guy coming. You won't see that guy coming when you're like, God damn it, I got to go get new reading glasses. Stab, <laughs> face. Oh, who was that? Was that Steve-O? Nope, that was Wade. <laughs> I thought I was reading a book, but it turns out it was the friend that I made fun of. My eyesight <laughs> is so bad now. <laughs> I should have worn that guy's glasses. Well, listen... Speaking of that kind of news, let's just hop into a little bit of bad news. I got some bad news today. My opinions on the Star Wars films are popular. Great. So I, I found this article. This is from your favorite. You love articles, man. You love. You. This That's is your what favorite we always section. say. I'm hugely into articles. Yeah, you're big enough. This is from your favorite uh, publication, Everyday Health. I read it almost every day. Yeah, well, I know. It's, you know, again, I, I'm, like, not the, I'm not the best at it. It's called Everyday Health. I tune in once every couple of days. Yeah, now you could be better at it. And this there's an article after this one about you not reading this website enough. But, um, oh, hey, yeah, no such thing as bad press. Fucking cutting. Yeah, but no, it's good press for you. I think it's going to up your status. Yeah, man. No one knows who I am. In the in the community. This was People written... are going to be like, who's this guy who's not reading the articles? I got to look him up. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be big for you. I can see like a Disney <laughs> Plus overall deal coming your way. Oh, don't um, tease me. Well, I'm not teasing you because, again, you got to read the article. Anyway, so this is written by uh, a licensed marriage and family therapist. The article is titled, Why Being a Perfectionist Can Make You Depressed. And I think like... You know, I'll, I'll read kind of the, the top of this. So, so, you know, it says we live in a culture that values perfection. And that leads to us believing that doing things perfectly leads to happiness and success. So it may be a surprise to many that there is a significant connection between depression and perfectionism. This person has experienced both, but it took a personal crisis and literally feeling like my life was falling apart to show me how, in, how uh, interrelated they are. Simply put, people with what uh, she calls the never- enough syndrome can never live up to their own unrealistic expectations and as a result they become depressed and obviously we talked about that setting that bar for yourself yeah 
you know, never being able to meet it. And, you know, just, but there's also this unrealistic bar that's now been set, especially like on social media to get everything correct all the time that you can never mess up. Cause if you make yeah. a mistake, you're going to get, you're going to get it. Especially like if you're in a, a, a public place, you know, again, <laughs> it happened to me, it can happen to anyone, but I mean, it happened to me a little bit enough, enough to go like, ugh, this is very bad for, for, for my already perfectionist personality. Well, my whole thing is I don't understand anyone who doesn't. Are there people who aren't like that, who are just okay with who they are? Is that a thing where they're just like, I'm cool, and they don't strive to? That's what I want to know. I have not met that person. I did meet a person once that said that they uh, didn't know what depression was, which I thought was insane. So I was like, I feel like at least you have to know what sadness is. You have to know, like, you have to be able you can... Like, are you a robot? But that being said, yeah, are there people that are just okay with being like, I don't know if medi- mediocre, mediocre is not the word I want to use, but like. Well, just, but, but with whoever they are, they work in an office or whatever. And they're like, this is great. I'm doing everything. I, they don't want a promotion. They don't want anything. Like I, I've never met anyone like that. I mean, isn't that office space at the end of the day? He just wants to like do nothing. Well, but that's that's wanting to do nothing. He's not satisfied with his life. He just hates his life. We're talking about people who are like, this is great. I'm fine. Sure. Right here where I'm at, you know? I was just talking about that with uh, with somebody who was saying, you know, when, when he was struggling financially, he was like, if I make this amount of money, I'm not going to like need to work really much anymore. And he's made that amount, amount of money even even more, which has come with more opportunities. Now he's like, what do I take these new opportunities, which will make me more money? When is enough enough? When is it ever enough? And it, you can relate that back to like getting things right for other people on the internet to satisfy yourself. When is when when do you when is uh, getting it right enough? You know, when do you just let it let it go and go? You know, what? it's it's okay if I don't get it right all the time because it is okay if you don't get it right all the time. It's okay to learn and fuck up. That's part of getting better. But you're, but that, but now that's a that's a, a a a sort of like chicken or the egg thing. Fucking up is getting better, which is a learning thing, right? So that's not something that these people are striving to do if they're already fine with who they are. Or maybe I'm maybe I'm over over generalizing. No, 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 you're not over generalizing. I think like there's some people that need to be held to certain standards, like world leaders, for instance. They have get less uh, space to fuck up. But there's other people who like, you know, we'll talk, we're going to talk about it later when I introduce our guest, but like ways in which I have fucked up terminology, for instance, online. And instead of somebody going, hey, man, uh, I know you don't intend to be ex- you know, to be hurtful or bigoted or, or anything. Uh, we would like to help you learn to be better. You just get told you're fucking wrong, you failed, you're out. And like, even though that doesn't really reflect real life, there it feels like in, in, in current society, there's very little room to fuck up, you know? Well, and it's also like the goalposts are constantly moving, language is changing, and we're all learning together at the same time. And some of us are just behind because we're not... Uh, what's the word? See, now I've got brain fog. You got brain uh, fog. Uh, the word, the word, the word. What is the word? Uh, tantalizing. Um, uh, sensual. Uh, uh, <laughs> sensually tantalizing. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, 
No, no. Overcompensate? You're wrong and you should feel bad about how wrong you are. God damn it. Is it overcompensate? Exposed. Like, a lot of us are not exposed to the same level of, like, progression that others are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. I think we don't give each other... I think that's a lack of experience. You know, I'm I'm lucky in in the fact that, like, outside of all the other places I've gotten to go with Fall Boy internationally, like, I've I've been to... 48 or I've been to 49 states in America. Which one are you missing? Alaska. Okay. Yeah. The Great Northern Exposure. I mean, who's that? Who's that guy that just drove by? I heard oh, that I'm car. sorry. Are you hearing like every truck that for no, some reason that, it's like a truck parade outside my apartment? Is that your right is that your drive by pornography guy? That was some guy from Fairbanks, Alaska, who was just trying to do, he was rolling some coal trying to get you to visit his state. Oh, uh, it wasn't my opportunity as a doctor to come work in Alaska. Northern exposure. Anyway. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a timely quality reference. Yeah. Even people who really live during that show do not think of that show ever. No, no one thinks about Northern Exposure. I think we're going to switch this podcast to be distinctly Northern Exposure. Let's talk right. about Northern Exposure. I mean, I honestly have never, I've, I don't, I think I've seen like three episodes, maybe. What's his name? Remember. Rob Morrow, right? Rob Morrow Rob was Morrow. the star. Yeah. I Did you know so. what he named his son? Guess what he named um, his uh, son? Pickle. Tom. Tom Morrow. Tom Morrow. Tom Morrow. Was that on purpose? I can only, I don't know. I mean, he's one of these Hollywood, like at least it wasn't Apple or whatever. Every morning is he wake, did he wake up with this baby of the sun? I'll come up tomorrow. <laughs> I, you think he I did? can only imagine. He, he did, for sure. I he's hope a good so. Dad. That guy's a yeah. good fucking dad, man. <laughs> but, you know, let's get into, you know, let's get into kind of talking about these issues with, you know, trying to be perfect, trying not to hate ourselves. <laughs> Through, uh, we, we have a really cool guest. Um, she's an, we, we talked about this a lot, actress or actor. I like just to say actor for everybody. She's an actor. Well, actually, they are an actor. They've been in movies such as Briggs v. Bear. Hilarious. Love that one. Um, oh, it's great. Su- Surveillance, Revolutionary Road. Uh, they've been around for a while, and uh, they're really smart and cool. Ryan Simpkins, an actor. Who would want to be a guest on a podcast when I'm too lazy to even want to brush my teeth? So let's get it over with the song and dance. Got a guest coming over, better put on some pants. Ryan, thank you for carving out some time in your life to do this. Uh, well, this thing that'll ultimately be a waste of all of our time. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm good. Thank you for uh, having me. I think it's really cool to talk about hating yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm doing fine. My cat is trying to play with my headphone wires, which is fun. Um, okay. I mean, yeah. we can work with that. Wade's got a cat <laughs> around there somewhere. Oh, yeah. I actually kicked my, I, I kicked my dog out. I have a French bulldog. I kicked him out because he... Uh, he he's, it's not the snorting, it's the paw licking. He he licks his oh look at that cat. That's amazing. She hates cat. she hates this. Yeah, I always <laughs> hates that. I know yeah, I know her well. She'll smack me if I leave her up here too long. Oh. Well, I mean, let's get make that happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Ryan, let me go let me ask you a question. How's your depression doing? Do you have any? How's it doing? Um, she's living, she's going. Um 
What's her name? Her name is Chartreuse. Um, oh, wow. I've known her for, you know, lifelong friends, frenemies. I would have assumed like a, a Zool. Oh, that's more my like cat. <laughs> Maybe to get more blue. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's okay. This is a cat-friendly podcast, dog-friendly, horse-friendly. It's the friendly. cat episode. This is the cat it's episode. The cat. Cats are kind of a, a at least grumpy, kind of depressed creature, you know, I would say. Yeah. I've wanted a cat for, I mean, I grew up with cats, but I've wanted one for so long, especially during quarantine, to sort of, like, help me feel less depressed. Yeah. And he kind of hates the attention that I want to give him, but <laughs> oh, it's definitely, attention. they hate it. Um, yeah. It's been great, though. I used to have a cat that would, um, he used to jump on me from very high places while I was sleeping at <laughs> night. Yeah, not during the day, just at night, because during the day he would sleep, at night he would attack me. Even though I took care That's of him, I saved, I saved him from an, uh, an abusive household, all of that stuff. Yeah, I treated him like a king, and he treated me. He pissed on all over my favorite chair because I, I changed the litter box he was using. So, you know. But I loved him still. Mr. B, that was his name. The B stood for butthole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call my cat all the time. Oh, butthole. Well, they show butthole. him off enough. Oh, yeah, they love they, it. I love showing her. Like, have you seen this before? And you're like, yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's, it's where <laughs> Looks your poop comes. Looks at me every day. It's where your poop it's comes super out. Super hot, dude. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, is even though you own a depressed pet, <laughs> uh, mm. does that help with your depression? It does. I think so. It gives me. I mean, this sounds maybe silly, but it gives me something to look forward to, like every day. Waking up like silly. I know he's gonna be. Well, I I sound like a new parent or something. Um, well, that's that's what that's what every. You're you're. Are you in your early twenties, mid twenties? I'm just guessing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that early. sounds about right. This is like, these are the steps towards potential parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Next, you'll learn that when you get a dog, then you have an excuse to never do anything again for the rest of your life. Like if there's anything you want to do, you just say. Or you don't want to do, you just say, oh, I have to go let my dog out. And then you never have to be social again. That's the And that's then the if trick. you have kids, you lose your social life and you look forward to seeing them. Taking care of them is just a necessity because you don't want to. I would assume most people don't want to harm. I mean, they're, listen, there are people that want to harm their children, but oh, most people don't want to. Um, so you want to just take, you know, you want to take care of them. But you don't feel like it. I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to get up at six in the morning and have my kids scream at me while I ask them what they want to eat. None of it's right. And, you know, whatever. No one here cares. I love my Ryan, kids. Ryan, are you going to have kids? Do you want Do you want kids? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and yeah, you. Fuck High five. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, guys, fuck kids. Um, no, don't fuck kids. <laughs> don't. Don't fuck kids. kids. Do not fuck kids. Um, yeah, I don't think I want kids. Not that I don't like kids. I think they're really fun, but that's just like such a, I mean, it takes up all of your money and all of your time. They're expensive. Sure. They're expensive. Yeah. Um, and I also, this is actually a big fear of mine is like, what if I like, I feel like I don't know how to take care of myself well enough. Like I was still figuring out my brain and like, oh God, what if I pass that onto my kids you know like what if i had a kid and it is just the most depressed little person and it's like fuck how do i deal with that i'll give you i can give you some insight if you're cool. interested in knowing sure. i have two kids i have two girls uh one that's almost seven one's almost three they're 
incredible. They're hilarious and they're sweet. They're amazing. Um, I am still trying to figure out how to take care of myself. I mean, I have, you said you're 22? Is that mm-hmm. what you said you are? Okay, so I have 14 years on you and I'm still figuring it out. I mean, you'll be, in theory, better at you being, maybe better at the depression, better at figuring out all the mental stuff, the more work you do over the course of a decade plus. But as far as being afraid of passing stuff down to your kids, I mean, listen, I'm going to, like, botch this bit, but Dana Gould once did a bit about why he, I think it was on Comedians of Comedy, where he talked about why he doesn't have any biological kids, why he adopted, and he, like, listed off, like, you know, alcoholic, drug addict, this, my sperm is poison. Like, that's what he's like. So, like, I'm just going to make, you know, like, I'm just going to cut this bloodline off now. And I think if that's what you're worried about, I can't tell you what to do. If you're worried about, like, I'm clinically depressed. I'm, I'm not going to say who in my family, but I've, I I've, think I've uh, inherited that. You know, that's an, it's a thing you can pass down. Mm-hmm. And, of, of course, I'm concerned about passing that down to my kids. But I think through the experiences I've had, I know how to help them and guide them through it. And it's not like a death sentence. I mean, is it? Does it feel like it is for you? Sometimes it feels like. What's a ringing a ringing endorsement for having kids? It's not a death sentence. <laughs> no, the depression thing. The kids, <laughs> the kids are amazing. The kids are amazing. No, yeah, having kids. Yeah, it's not a death sentence. It's fine. You know. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, like, it's it's not a death sentence to pass depression down to your child. Right. You know, it's not like you like. And you're always again. Gonna, I, yeah. I don't think that's the high bar. I don't think not a death sentence is is a no. But I'm trying the, to say the aspiration. I think you're looking into this. I think you're looking at the wrong angle. What I'm trying to say is, <laughs> don't let that be the reason to not have kids because you're afraid they're going to be the worst version of you. Sure. You know what I mean. I, I'm also not yeah, saying I, have kids. I'm also not telling, trying to tell you have kids. My experience right. has been amazing, but it's mine, not yours. You know. Hmm. Yeah. I mean. The question of like, is it a death sentence? I mean, I think you make a good point of like, you at least do have all this experience of trying to figure it out yourself that you can pass on to them as well. Like you went through the trials already and you can show them that part of it. Sure. Um, which maybe I just constantly feel like I'm fucking that up, but it's definitely not like a linear progression, right? Like, no, you've got ups and downs and trials of figuring it out. So. You have to allow yourself, you know, I mean, God, I, I don't know how it is for you, but I've had so many, you know, especially when I'm in my worst state of depression. I just had a recent bout that was so bad that I got, like, very suicidal. Mm. Like, I couldn't stop the invasive thoughts from coming in. I hadn't been, I don't think I'd been that suicidal since I was probably 14. Oh, wow. I remember, because that's, like, when I, like, you know, so I, it's, it's really, it was really bad. And, um... I guess, like, the knowledge I had, even though I had felt so terrible, is I had, like, almost this logical side of my brain existing in tandem with my illogical brain saying, hey, uh, this is your depression. This is, like, this physical thing that's happening to you. Just keep that in mind. Keep in mind this will pass. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll have to do some hard work to get through it, but, like, that's what you're going to have to do. And I think that's the knowledge you take with you if you do the work on trying to learn more about yourself and, like, figure out how to deal with it and manage your depression – I think that's the kind of stuff you can take with you into those fucking shitty scenarios, you know? Yeah, I I definitely recognize what you're saying with the logical side of you. I also have uh, social anxiety, which is so fun. And um, that... Wade gets it. 
Wade gets that. <laughs> oh, yeah. shaking his Wade head. Gets I took a I took a beta blocker just to do this interview because I get so anxious that I would be like shaking and not not able to talk if I didn't. Wow. I yeah. I totally get that. I um because you you know you're like that's ridiculous that you're freaking out so much right now like it's mm-hmm. silly yeah. these people like they're not judging you you're just having a conversation and you can know that and recognize the logic and still feel that way like knowing that doesn't yeah. always break it it's the work that goes along with it it's so weird too because just i mean like a year ago when we could still uh, go outside and 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 have hangouts i was with like maybe 10 of my closest friends and I started talking and just right in the middle of it, I got super nervous because they were all looking at me, but I've known them all for like 20 years. Yeah. And it's like, this is insane. Like something is wrong with my brain. This is not right. I think it probably, I'm not going to get super psychological about it, though. I guess that is kind of what we're talking about. But I feel like it all stems to like weird childhood stuff. I mean, for me, it's like when I'm in that situation and everyone's looking at me, it reminds me of times growing up where I had been bullied so bad and I was in the middle of like trying to impress all of these people with like a joke or something stupid and then you just all they stare at me they stare at me and they go okay okay you're done with like the dumb joke now we're gonna oh, now we're gonna call you uh a faggot is what we're gonna call you now <laughs> and uh, and I go oh I don't know what that word means yet I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm eight but anyway so yeah sign, um, of, sign of the times it's under the times, man. I mean, it's a horrible thing just to throw around. I mean, you, you know? might be right, but I don't know. Like, I, I definitely uh, later it became you know, l- later they figured out I was Jewish and then turned to turned to kike after that, which they got it right. They figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Trial and error. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets a chance. You can fuck I mean, up. It a might little. be it might be it might be childhood stuff, but like I was fine in my twenties. And then all of a sudden in my 30s, I started getting bad again. So How drunk know. were you in your 20s? I was just as drunk in my 30s. Okay. <laughs> How drunk are you currently? I'm not drunk at all. I, yeah. I took a beta blocker, so my heart is slowed down. And that's okay. You that's don't it. seem drunk. I'm just, I'm not accused. This isn't an accusatory. I very rarely isn't... seem drunk. I'm all right. Wait, this it. is Ryan and I. What well, we're doing. This, this is, an, this is intervention. an intervention. It's an intervention. What's that in your cup? It's a beta blocker. No, it's, it's just a dissolving beta blocker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know where my social anxiety comes from. It might be like, because I've, like, I'm an actor. I've been doing it forever. Yeah, how do you do I, that? That would, that would frighten, like, I have to do shit in front of camera and I fucking hate it. I'm going to just in a bit, I don't have to do that stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't have to be good at it, at being in front of the camera. Like, they only care about hearing the music I play. I'm just like, eh, cameras make me scared. Like, how do right. you do it? It's difficult. I mean, for me, once you're actually on set working with these people and you know you have their trust because you've gotten to the point where they're like, we want you involved. Right. That mostly, like, nine times out of ten, fine. Great. I so can the, do that. So, like, the validation takes some of the fear away? I think that's definitely what it is. During okay. auditions, I get, like, the most anxiety. I get, like, shaky leg. I, like, am constantly overthinking. Right now, it's kind of nice because, like, everything is at home. So, all I'm doing is self-tapes. And I so I don't have, like, a fucking casting director stranger to impress. But... Right. 
I will sometimes end up doing one scene like 30 times because I'm like, I have no idea if what I'm doing or not is good. But once you have the validation, yeah, of somebody else saying, no, you're right for this. Like, we want you to do this. We believe in you. I think that helps. But also, when you're falling into this character, it's almost like a wall, you know? Like, there's a separation between yourself being judged and, like, this person being judged. And if the character I'm playing is being seen one way or the other, like, I don't give a shit. Like, if you don't like them, that's not me. And I'm just trying to be honest with who they are. Sure. But the second... I start thinking too much of like, oh my God, are they going to like me? I'm, am I right for this? Am I good at all? That's when it all sort of falls apart. Well, that's kind of, that's the classic self-doubt, like, you know, self-esteem stuff that comes along with, I think a lot of people have that, but I think if you're depressed, it's, it's <laughs> magnified by like a million. It's really like, um, you brought up like a, a couple things. A, I know people that have been acting since, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, and they still get anxious as hell doing auditions they yeah still, they like, suck hey i can't imagine i mean it's like it's, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody auditioning <laughs> there's nothing worse there's nothing it's worse so than the inhuman world. it's like you're it's like <laughs> you're you're skinning yourself alive in front of these people and you're like do you like it and they're like no interesting so. <laughs> see my thing with pl- being in a making um playing music and getting up on stage and then playing the music for people is getting naked and being like, what do you guys think about my crappy dick? Is it, do you guys like, is it okay? Is it okay? Do you guys like my dick? Is it okay? Please tell me you like it. Cause if you don't, and I already don't like it, it's going to be bad. This is going to be bad. But for me, you're, you'll be fine. Please help me. My ego's fragile. Yeah. Yeah. I get that a hundred percent. The other thing like you brought up, which is, and I just, this is just tangential. Did you, did either of you see soul, the new Pixar? Yeah, I did. Movie? The yeah. way you talked about getting in the zone, and I love the way that they show they like, you know, visualize display the zone in that movie. That you like, you close your eyes or whatever it is, or you just escape into this other thing. And yeah. that, that makes sense. I know it in music. I know it in writing. I know. I I know that thing. So that makes sense. That like, especially with a character, you're like, don't worry. You don't have to be you on this camera. You have to be, mm-hmm. you know, Sam. You have to be yeah, whatever. And when you're with like a team of actors like your co-stars who you're all on the same page and you have this great really vulnerable working relationship it's it feels like that like tenfold which i'm sure you totally get like playing in a band like it's like being in a, yeah, it's in like being in a band yeah you know if like if if, if it makes a, it makes you feel a little bit better about fucking up because you get to fuck up with everybody else it's kind of how i look at it I, I i don't like doing any single thing totally alone create like creatively i really like to have partners a i love to volley ideas off of people and i love i don't ever believe my ideas are the best idea ever <laughs> i also i like i feel a little safer knowing that i get to take the fall with somebody else if it turns out bad not to like not to hurt them no that makes I don't, sense I don't, I don't mean it in like a in, in a nefarious way it just makes it a little it may, i feel a little safer it feels like a safety net yeah yeah I'm a I'm a baby about that stuff. <laughs> so, I'm, but it makes it make that makes total sense. So, like, okay, so we're talking about what you do, acting. Mm-hmm. You're an actress or actor. I don't even know. I I call everyone an actor because I'm like they're all actors, right? But then like, I don't know what to say. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> actor works. Actress is getting outdated, right? It's it feels just, outdated. It's just an actor now, I think. 
yeah. just actor. Yeah. I've You're... always felt actress is a weird, unnecessary. It feels so like French, you know, like gendering it feels very... language. It's unnecessary. It feels dainty. It feels like you might be wearing a very like large bouffanty dress kind of thing. <laughs> it's a whole yeah. thing. You have an umbrella for the sun umbrella, obviously. All mm-hmm. that stuff. Little French gloves. braids. Yeah. Glo- oh, of course you're wearing gloves if you're an actress. Hundred <laughs> percent. Why would you want to? You don't want to mess your hands up. You're an actress. Anyway, so you're you're an actor, and mm-hmm. we're in. You know, we're still in a pandemic. You know, I don't know. If this is going to be really. I mean, I highly doubt we'll be out of a pandemic by the time this is released. So, <laughs> you're doing auditions like uh, over. You know, you're you're sending a man, or you're doing over Zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing them, and like. How is work going, and how are you? How how is uh how's it going for? How's it going? (laughs) Yeah, both so terrible and okay. Like, it feels like the. I mean, it is the end of the world, but it does feel (laughs) like it's the end of this industry. Like it's kind of dying before our eyes, and it's not. You know, it's interesting right now because the the films that are being made are either you know fucking like Jurassic World four or whatever or like the lowest budget movies sure like super indie stuff yeah Yeah, which is that's really exciting and that's incredible and i've had the privilege of doing a couple really small projects during this time which really just makes me feel so alive and encouraged but i mean in this industry in general you're just constantly faced with rejection you get no 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 all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. and now that it seems like nothing's happening at all you're it's like 10 times that amount of rejection and you have no idea like is this me is it the industry like is it just a weird time there's just so much uncertainty it's terrifying but at the same time it's really exciting because it feels like i mean we're being perceived so much less in the public eye besides like the fact that our only connection to the public is kind of through like social media and phones we have, I mean, I, at least I felt like so much more independence and understanding like who I am. Mm-hmm. That's not based off of, you know, what a producer is going to think or whatever, or like what people well, sure. walking down the street. So or I ad- felt ad- just identifying with yourself with your career. You can identify yes. as you. Yeah. yeah. Um, which has been a huge thing I've been working on. Um, and just really letting myself be myself and like, my like gender identity or expression or um, even like the content that I take in. I've watched like every single episode of RuPaul's Drag Race this mm, pandemic and I it's mean, been amazing. It's amazing, yeah. It's um, very bingeable, yeah. Yeah, so bingeable and also so, I mean like problematic, not perfect, but has it's not perfect. Yeah, I think one, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I'll say one thing I found, I found problematic. I may be a little dated on this, so, so please update if I'm, sure, <laughs> if I'm wrong. Sure, sure. I found it to be problematic when I've heard, like, uh, cisgendered girls say yes, queen. I hear them do that, but, like, as their, as, not as a, not as, like, a bit. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know if that's yours. So, yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know if that belongs to you. That's like a huge weird thing with RuPaul, not not RuPaul the figure, but the show. Right. Um, <laughs> Laganja Estranja. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Enough, enough to know I, I'm in love with that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
She was on, I think she was on season six. Mm-hmm. And she was very famous for going like, oh, Kerr, yes, queen. And she's this like tall, skinny, white boy. And it's like, none of that Ooh. should be coming out of your mouth. Like, See, there's some yes, you are gay. But these are all, it's like black slang that you're well, taking. It like it's, it's cultural appropriation in a 100%. Pretty, like, pretty blind way. Like, I don't think it's intentionally it's not intentionally racist, not virulent, but it's still like yeah, no, it's 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 a subconscious. Up. It's super fucked up, and because yeah. it's like a massive show where a lot of their audience is like young white girls, then you have all of these young white girls going, "Yes, Queen, Oker," and it's like, oh boy, Jesus, this like cycle of stealing is so rough. But in recent seasons, the show's gotten a lot. Well, it hasn't really gotten better at discussing that, but it's grown a lot with its calling out of racism and um gender that's norms good. and stuff which is great it's always yeah i that's fantastic i mean listen it's better that it's there than it's not there and it's better it's there and those things happen than not there at all i think so i mean yeah absolutely you know you're speaking about your gender gender identity and i i want to tell you about a thing that happened to me and this is me like you know i'm my i'm jewish and i'm aware of my uh family's history relating to the holocaust and i've always felt very deeply about how black people are treated in America due to how Jewish people were treated. I mean, not just because I, I also care about people, but I've been able to use that empathy. And sure. so I've always grown up around, like, in a family that was, like, aware of anti-Semitism, aware of racism, aware of, like, that was on the right side of, of social causes, you know, very liberal. And then I <laughs> got, you know, I'm, I'm, pretty, I've, I'm pretty off of social media right now. Um, because it was making me making my mental illness more ill. Totally. One thing that happened that kind of teed it off is at one point somebody had um, tricked not just like enough fans of Fall Out Boy, but like my own friends and family on Instagram that they were me. And I had to do this big post about it. Hey, because I got worried like, what if this person asked like kids for nude photos, something right. horrible, and like outside of me getting in, like, you know, roped into it. Like, just the shame. And I just don't want anyone to get hurt. So, like, I make this post. I go, hey, here's this thing. I post on Instagram. I take a screenshot of their account. I'm like, this isn't me. Whoever he or she is. And then once I wrote he or she, that was the end. Then all of a sudden, instead of people going, like, that's fucked up. Thank you for, like, letting us know. They're like, how come you didn't use they? Right. (laughs) And I just want to know. And, like, listen, now I'm actually... Even though I got very annoyed in that scenario because no one was like, hey, no one was kind about it. Yeah. And, like, I realize we're not here to teach each other things. Like, you know, but, yeah, but we are, I don't know, also. It's also, like, it's tough, man. Everyone wants to yell at each other about stuff all the time. And I always want to just, I don't want to hurt anyone. I want to make everyone feel good about who they are of course and then i did something that like not only did i maybe make someone feel bad but then like oh i feel bad because you're yelling at me and i have no idea what i'm supposed to do because i'm like pushing 40 and i think i'm getting out of date i think i'm i'm i think i think i might be ready to be uh thrown in the recycling or garbage probably (laughs) so tell me i am so how that makes you feel totally i will One, I'm so interested in, like, what I'm not going to understand when I'm 40. Like, what I'm going to be, like, insensitive towards, like, robots or something. Like, what is... It'll it'll sneak up on you. I know. And I'll be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I had no idea. Um, Yeah. That, I mean, I... A friend of mine recently 
posted something on Twitter that and he's 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 uh in he's queer. Um and mm-hmm. he posted something on Twitter that so many people got so frustrated with because they were calling him transphobic. Um, and I'm, I, I identify as non-binary and so I didn't personally see an issue with it, but all of these people were attacking him and he went, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. He backpedaled and sort of corrected his post. Mm-hmm. And then all of these people continued to attack him for correcting his post in the first place. And I mean, I'm all for like calling people out. I think it's super important. And it's not necessarily your responsibility, like, as, like, like if you were a trans person and you saw something that offended you, it's not your responsibility to make that a teaching moment for them. Because that must be exhausting for you to do that 24-7. It's a ton of work. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there, I'm, I understand how it feels so anxiety-inducing when you make a mistake and it seems like there's all of this attack without any explanation or teaching moment or slowdown of like, wait, what was it that I did that was messed up? Because I understand how what you posted could be perceived as like wrong. Yeah, like, exclusion, I, exclusionary yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is not like what I intended. No, of course not. <laughs> but also like you were doing the right thing and it, it should be a moment of like, hey, I understand you probably just didn't realize this. But it would be cool if you would just say they. Yeah, and it's, it's more, more exclusionary inclusive. to say they instead of exactly. It's more inclu- yeah. in- in- inclusive if you but say it. Yeah, exactly. When you get like a million people online shouting at you with you having no idea that that's even a thing, that's that's anxiety right. inducing. That's crazy. Yeah, and it just feeds my depression because totally. you know, you know, as we are ones as we are ones to hate ourselves. Yeah. And there's never a shortage of self hatred, and I'm like, God damn it! Now I'm like some sort of phobic that I didn't know I was that I don't think I am, but maybe I am. What should I do? It's, I'm, gonna it's, dis- <laughs> I'm just going to dissociate. You know? and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to dissociate. I'm going to go lie under like a heavy blanket <laughs> and hope no one can find me for a, a day or two. And like in like the real world, I mean, I feel like that's a moment where like if I ever said something in like a classroom or something that really made someone passionate or upset, I would just sort of like apologize and recognize like where my mistake was and sort of make distance from it and go, okay, that upset them. I shouldn't have done that. Like I'm going to learn and grow and I'm not going to try to like necessarily like force them to forgive me or make them feel better about it because that's their right to feel shitty, you know. But online when it's like a million people, I feel like it's harder to recognize like, oh, this is how I hurt them. And they're really passionate about this because that's, you know, their identity when all of that they're projecting onto you is this anger, which is totally valid anger. I get the anger. I get the hurt. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah. And it's, it's this weird responsibility that you have to be this perfect, like, individual. Yeah. I think that's like, it's a strange thing. Um. You know, I I don't know how much how, how much of a follow boy person you are, but the but but the band is you know it's always we've always kind of like built ourselves on being a very like um, inclusive band, you know. Totally. Um, and so I think that that is expected that we're hip to all the lingo, and I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything horrible, that's for sure, because I don't believe it. But like, yeah, I I guess I'm gonna like not get the like 
what what is currently making people yeah i'm not gonna get that one right away just tell me what i need to do and i'll do it what i heard yeah. once was like your your first thought is what you were taught by okay. like society whatever conservative group you like grew up in any of that that's what sure. you were taught your second thought is what you are like learning and who you are like you can correct that within yourself because we are you know society is pushing this like very you know patriarchal cis like white supremacist ideal onto us 24 7 sure, we, of course. we see it in media oh, I mean, that's everywhere like, i mean well i mean we the people doesn't mean we the black hispanic gay jewish asian non-binary right. whatever it means we the white people it's yeah we the meant. white slave owners that's like yeah, what yeah. yeah um and so it is this we have to grow with our society and it's it makes sense that you're not gonna be born understanding you know you're born this blank slate and then right. from media and you know the your politics around us and, and your parents religion, yeah your church yeah exactly you learn this one way and then it takes your whole life to, to unlearn that. To unlearn yeah, to, yeah. Yeah, and to, to relearn, learn. To relearn, unlearn, sure, yeah. Exactly. Um, which is kind of like, you know, your mental illness that maybe you're born with it. Maybe mm -hmm. it's something that developed within you at a really young age. And it's your norm. It's your way of being. And it takes your whole life to work to find out how you work with it and how you can that's, be better. Yeah, it's a fantastic analogy because <clears throat> I think you can, uh, you, you know, your, your mental illness, you're going to, if you're going to have one, you're going to have one, you know, just like an upbringing, you're going to have whatever you're going to have. And um, it's up to you to shape how you're going to handle whether it's that upbringing or your mental illness. It is up to you because, I mean, there's plenty of people that grow up in a patriar patriarchal society that is inherently racist, um, exclusionary, all these, you know, pretty bad things. And outside of the fact that maybe they've they've never had anything else offered to them, especially, I mean, like, I don't know where you grew up. I grew up in the Midwest, so there's a lot of people that they don't have access to a lot of things. Even with the internet, they just don't, that's not proper access. They don't have direct access to right. people right. and things happening in front of them, different things. Um, but you know, it's the same. It's 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 the same thing with you know with with mental illness. You have to um, you have to a be aware there's a problem and b know that there are options out there. And it's you know, yeah. It's, uh, it 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 is kind of you know the impetus is on the person, but it's also on society. There's it's very it's complicated. Let's forget about it and talk about something easy. No, I'm kidding. Let's keep <laughs> talking about this. Um. No, I I at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, okay, this is my time too, because I. Ugh. Last year, I was supposed to have, like, three movies come out. I was like, fuck yeah, it's going to be my year. I'm so stoked. And then fucking, you know, everything died and nothing happened. And now I was... Now, now your movies are either on the back burner and the studios don't know what they're going to do with them, where they're going to get released, are they going to get released? Yeah, you know? no. It's been such a stressful time. And so I was, like, you know, super <laughs> suicidal, to be honest, and was just, like... I believe it. Yeah, I understand that. Especially so when lost. you're, like, you're looking forward to... to, to you, you're, you like, it's going to be my year. That's what this industry is. This industry mm -hmm. is a lot of, like, oh, my God, something amazing is about to happen. And then they're either, like, uh, can it's canceled. It's not mm -hmm. happening now. And you're, like, what? Yeah. I just told everyone it's happening. <laughs> exactly. You're, like, oh, you have to go tell them it's not. That's the... it's And you're embarrassed about oh, you're it. So, you're, like... You're, you're full of shame. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I never I never talk about anything you until don't. it's done and out. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I did that thing that's a, that you can already watch. Because that's the worst. <laughs> Having to... When someone when when you tell someone uh, one of these projects is gone, and then you see them two weeks later and they're like, "How's it going?" and then you have to be like, "Oh, it's dead now. Yeah, it's not happening. They it's shot the it. War. They shot it in the head." Yeah, I just watched my yeah. dreams get strangled to death in front mm-hmm. of me. And now, how do you think I feel? I'm fine on the outside. I look fine on the inside. I'm planning a painless way to die. Uh, <laughs> um. But that was me at the beginning of quarantine. And so I was like, I'm going to take this time to figure my shit out and really, because I had, for some reason, I was so adverse to like therapy and Mm -hmm. medication growing up. I was just so anxious about it. And I think I was also in denial about like how badly I needed it. And so I was like, I'm going to actually try to dedicate myself to working on that. And once I started doing it, I realized like, fuck, like, yeah, I'm so depressed and it's it's hard to work on that because you are depressed. It's that catch-22, but also, like, I haven't been trying at all. Like, yeah. I have been letting myself die, and that's yeah, yeah, the you're worst turning into, thing. Yeah, like, it's like you turn into Pizza the Hut. You become a big sloppy <laughs> yeah. cheese, you know. Um, Remember in uh, Ferris Bueller when he's just blowing on that clarinet and it sounds awful, and then he goes, never had one lesson. <laughs> yeah. That's me with therapy and my mental health. Yep. <laughs> I just I don't do therapy and I'm I'm awful inside. On the other end, I um is that Cameron that did that? Is that Cameron? No, it was Ferris. It's Ferris did that. But then well, there's I'm, I'm Cameron. Just, but I'm just Cameron, like all the time. <laughs> yeah, you're just. <laughs> I'm just like dead in bed, you know. Just like I don't fucking. I'm not sick, but I'm like I am in the head. So you're. So you. you when did you? So you're in therapy. Ryan? Well, you know, and then there's Ryan the Simpkins? other... Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> okay, guys, making sure. <laughs> that's the other part of what you were saying is, like, I was in therapy, and then I lost my insurance. And oh, then it's gracious. like, fuck. And I've, I've figured out my insurance stuff now, and I'm trying to find a therapist. I am medicated, which has been, like, literally life-changing. I um, love my, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a medicated male man. Yeah, you're one of those. <laughs> trying to, trying the to alliterate. three M's. <laughs> I was trying to alliterate. Uh, I didn't like it as I kept going. I was like, oh, this is getting worse. Um, <laughs> but what? Uh, I'll tell you. What, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show my, you mine if you want to show me yours. I'm All on right. Lexapro. Lexapro. Oh. Yeah, I'm a sexy Lexi guy. <laughs> I'm on Zoloft. Zany I was on Zoloft. Zoloft. Yeah. Did yeah, you like so, it? What was your like? Experience? I loved it. I had a couple issues. Uh huh. Um, I had uh, some sexual side effects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is pretty common with that. And outside of that, I liked it. Eventually, my body just became too immune. to the Medication. I was on it for so long. Yeah. Like over like ten years, like a really long time. And so I switched to Lexapro a year or two ago. Nice. I like it. I gained weight. No sexual side effects, just getting fat. And That's I'm kind like, of better. I'd rather be fat and like less sad, I guess, than like I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Then fine. It's um, fine. Can I, I tell you? Uh, as of yesterday, I'm on Lexapro. Hey, Lexapros, finally, dude. But now I'm gonna get fat, so maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I not get, worth it. I, I gained ten pounds. <laughs> I gained ten pounds. That's not bad. Oh, man. 
10 pounds right right where it counts you guys know what i mean in, <laughs> in my in my stomach <laughs> i love handles I, um... did, you, did you think i meant my penis i didn't mean my penis I nobody my... thought that no one thought no? that okay you said I'll it stop. i'll stop to, i'll stop um how are you so how are you like so you're you like the zoloft i love the zoloft i yeah. um because it's it supposedly helps with anxiety stuff too which it totally does yeah less panic attacks for sure um Good for you. I yeah i have to go on i used to have to go on fucking valium my panic attacks damn dude. yeah that's a lot it's uh it works <laughs> it works and if it works that's good no it's, it's really just high. <laughs> it's just helped me like be like oh i should do yoga today i'm gonna do yoga today you know that's so cool so you feel productive maybe slightly optimistic yeah even. i mean it still gets me some days like yesterday i was like i just want to like lay in bed and like watch anime and feel sad and that's wait what do you watch mma I said anime, different. Oh, there's an MMA. I'm like, you don't seem like an MMA person. <laughs> Not to judge a book by its cover, but I'm just looking at like... Japanese like, cartoons. You look like an anime person. Yeah, I'm an anime too. I'm not an MMA. I don't know what I look like to anybody. I would just believe a, MMA. I'd also believe anime though. You're like the... You're the, you're the, what is it called? The bubble? He's a, it's a, he's a, that, that Venn diagram yes. right in the middle. That's pro, that's, that's pro wrestler. He's a pro wrestling fan. Oh that's yeah. Really I'm not cool. a pro, you know, I used to like pro wrestling back like in the nineties, like, like, you know, early nineties to, I don't know, back when it was this WWF and no one cared about those fucking animals and that's what it was. <laughs> World wrestling Federation. And I liked it then because of the video games and the toys and stuff, but I am, I mean, I know I look like a, Jewish camp counselor, but I'm a, it's like, no, bro, dude, I love, I like my bongs. I like my beers, I like my babes. Um, I mean, no, you, but, just, you look exactly like a professional wrestler though. That's what they look like now. Oh beard. yeah. They all have beards. God. The beard and the hair and the flannel. You're like, uh, well, the flannels keep warm. I'm actually wearing this is what I'm wearing right now. I like cartoons. Oh, is it I Homer? Really, it's nice. yeah. It's from, it's from the, uh, when it's from the big Dredrick Tatum fight. It's a picture of, it's a picture of uh, Homer Simpson about to get punched by Frederick Tatum's glove. It's from the sh it's actually the shirt that they sold in the in the show. This is from a bootleg guy. I don't want to <laughs> get him in trouble, but he made the shirt from the show. That's awesome. So, I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a yeah, so yeah, anime. Yeah. More power to what what anime are you watching right now? Um, I mean, I'm right now I'm watching Death Note. I've never okay. seen it before. I'm like pretty, I'm a noob to anime. Like I don't know much. I've seen like I've watched like Attack on Titan and Cowboy mm -hmm. Bebop, and that's Cowboy pretty much great. it. It's great. It's so fun. Are you but, uh, like? I mean, I know everyone's watched like Miyazaki. Have you oh, done deep dives on Miyazaki? I have a Miyazaki tattoo. <laughs> oh, from which from which film? Have you seen Nausicaa and the Valley oh, of the yeah, Wind? Oh yeah, and the Valley. Yeah, of course. I have. Of here, course, I have. I have this like. Oh fuck! Can you see that? Sorry. This. Oh shit! This Ohm tattoo. Oh, that's it's cool. like one of the big worms. Yeah, it's a great tattoo. Thank you. Um, I, have a tat I have a tattoo of um, Garfield as uh, Jerry Seinfeld. And he's saying, what's the deal with Mondays? Jerry Garfield. So good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you really uh, have that? Yeah, I'll show it to you. That's Let's amazing. See if I, can get it. Oh, beer. I actually went and had a beer with Wade. Actually, Wade was there for some of it. Yeah. What's wow. the deal with Mondays? Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. There you go. It takes a lot of explaining, which means it, which means it was a great idea. It means it was a good tattoo. Um, yeah, I love Nausicaa. Yeah, I love uh, 
I just love I'm love fucking cartoons. I, I love them so much. Yeah. I've been watching our friend Wade and I, we have a friend, Kelsey, she wrote on this show called The Fungies. It's like an HBO Max like kid show with adult jokes in it, you Fun. know? Good. And it's oh my god. It's I'm glad my kids love it because we just watch that all the time. That's so um, sweet. But yeah, I uh so yeah, that's what you're doing with your time. You're watching anime. Mm-hmm. You're getting into the you're gonna watch Ghost in the Shell, I hope. I tried to watch not the not the not the not the not the one. I'm talking about the the animated. Uh, I will. I want to watch. My boyfriend loves uh, Neon Genesis Evangeline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't. It's just a good escape that like takes up so much of your time, and then you're like, oh, the sun's not out anymore. Like, what happened? Which is <laughs> what you need. I think it's what you need. I think especially like I've been when I was I went through you know. And I don't know if this is how it is for you, but with depression, I'm always, my baseline is depressed yeah. all the time. And then there's the lower. And there's the moments where I get the moments of high where I get a little success. Maybe like somebody, I sold some, I, I sold something to somebody and they, they say, I like it. I'm like, oh, I feel good for seven hours. And then back to, but you know, when it's real, when I'm really bad, when I'm really down, I don't let myself off the hook and go, maybe I should just watch a bunch of TV or play video games. But I'm telling you, like, that's sometimes what you need. Yeah. Something to just to completely disassociate from the problems themselves. Just for a little, just give yourself a break. Like yeah. a real mental break. I, um, I, again, with the, like, insurance issue I had recently lost, um, my, I couldn't, you know, get my drugs that I needed. And yeah. I went through, like, terrible, horrible withdrawals. And it was, like, the worst I've ever They're felt. Bad. You spiral out of control. I know it. Oh, my God. It It was like my fucking, like, hot water wasn't working, and I was like, I'm going to kill myself. It was like every little thing was like, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And there's that logic that you go, this is so silly, and you know it's just because you don't have your pills, um, and you shouldn't react to this extreme way, but you still do because that's how your brain is wired. It is what it is, Yeah. yeah. I mean... And that I was a that good time so to play video games and <laughs> yeah. watch cartoons. Because that's all you can do because you got to get your mind off of it because your mind is going to work against you. Yeah. It's so hard. It takes like, oh, man, I don't even know if like, you know, I've been I've been in therapy off and on since I was 10 years old. Wow. So I have a lot of therapy. I'm in therapy right now. Uh, I don't even know if like my insurance technically covers this therapist. I'm just... <laughs> Just doing it. I'm just going because I love my therapist and she's great. That's great. If you ever are in the market for, I've I've offered this to another guest. I'm like, if you ever want, I'll talk to my therapist for you. I'm serious. <laughs> I might she's hit great. You up. I might hit you. I'm up. great. I, she's great. You can. Um, but yeah, I think uh, man, I know those withdrawals so bad. Uh, they're and it's like, what sucks is you didn't even. It's not like you forgot to take your meds. It's you're just told, oh, you can't take these. You can't buy them. And it's really harmful for you, like, to to withdraw, to just go cold turkey off of psychiatric medication. It's, it's, no pun intended, it's crazy. (laughs) You become a, you become, like, what you assume a crazy person is. Like, someone with, like, a schizoid personality, because you just become, like, I become manic, not in a positive way. Just extreme. You guys are, you guys are terrifying me right now. (laughs) As a, as a just started. We're really not selling. We're really not selling meds. Meds are great. They're, They're great. So, they are not. But that was like they it really was are. also like 
instant relief when I got them back. It was truly like, yeah. oh, I can function as a human being. And it did show me, like, just how sick I was without them. I mean, it's, like, you know, exaggerated because you have that difference. Yeah. But it was, like, I'm so grateful to have access to this and I'm so lucky. And it also was, like, kind of validating because there are a lot of... I. I remember when I was in high school, I was on Tumblr all the time, and um, there were a lot of people that were, like, you know, calling out against romanticizing mental illness, like social anxiety or depression, which is super true. Like, a lot yeah. of, especially, like, YA stuff romanticizes those illnesses a lot. Oh, so much. Oh, my God. It makes depression so sexy. Yeah, like depression this cute... is sexy. Oh, wow. He's so sensitive. If, He's If they want to see how not sexy depression is, come and, like, just... Come over to my house, I'll take my shirt off. <laughs> like, this is it. Here we are. I just got a mole removed off my back, but there's a couple more there, I think. You depression know, like, mole. That's... The, yeah, oh, yeah. I had a depression mole. Take. I thought it was cancer. That's how I started <laughs> freaking out. I did. I was like... It hurt for a second. I like, got oh, to get it cut off. It's not cancer. It's benign. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, well, congrats on your mole. Um, Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> but I had like gaslit myself into going like, oh, well, I must just be romanticizing it. I'm not depressed. No. I was like, I no, there's no way I could be. I at, Or at least if I do have it, it's not as bad as other people. So I can live with it. It's fine. Which is terrible. Sure. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't compare Awful. your depression to other people's depression. No, yeah. it's your experience and it's valid and it's fucking real. Yeah. And yeah. The 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 prescription to Zoloft has yeah. really validated that. I mean, I felt validated. I mean, it wasn't until really college that I looked at myself and accepted like, no, you really are like you you do have these things and they are, you know, life halting and you need to address them. Um and being told by a psychiatrist, like, yeah, you should be on this drug was really that helpful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is, that's as validating as it gets when a MD says, you're clinically depressed. I believe you should be on these drugs. Yeah. And I'm like, well, am I romanticizing this? As you're sitting in the least romantic setting yeah, exactly. with like an old, with like an old Jewish guy. It's like, well, I think uh, you probably need to get 25 milligrams of Zoloft a day. We'll see about, you know, we'll see about upping your dosage. Come meet me again in three months. So hot. You know, so romantic. So hot. Well, yeah. I mean, the dude's hot as fucking hell. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. A 65-year-old Jewish psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. Get, get me some of that. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do kind of just want to be that one day. You will. I want to like. I want to look like that. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm just trying to become like. My goal is to always look inviting, but not in a scary, weird spider web way. Just to be like, <laughs> he's harmless. Look at him, and to be like, yeah, I am. I'm harmless. Yeah, I am harmless. <laughs> but do Do you feel that like? I always talk about like this weird like trying to like turn depression into like a positive tool, like a superpower of some some kind. Because I'm like, I'm not just gonna wallow in it all the time. I'm gonna find ways in which it works for me in a positive way, whether it's through my career, my relationships with my friends, or whatever. Is there? Do you find yourself able to do that, or have you found a way to kind of flip it? Flip That's the a really cool way to look at it. I one way is like, and it was actually my boyfriend who noticed this about me. He was like, you're really drawn to sad characters in, like, the work that you do. Um, mm -hmm. And I, a lot of the, like, auditions that I take, I will find this, like, D 
deep sadness um, in the person. And that is what makes me interested. And I do feel like that gives me a unique, like, perspective on the role. Even if it's, like, um, like, I was in this, this, like, indie comedy movie called Brigsby Bear that was with all these, like, SNL guys. I know you're in the, I saw, I saw. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Very good. You did a great job. Oh, thank you. Should I have led with that? She's in Brigsby Bear. Oh, here, uh, Mike, and kept this in. She's uh, Ryan Simkin. She's in Brigsby Bear. Uh, she's an amazing actress. Thank actor. you. Shit. Yep. Fuck. You <laughs> fucked up. You're canceled. I, fucked, I really did. Yeah. I feel um, perpetually that way good. anyway. But it's good. Now I got officially canceled. Um, <laughs> um, but in that anyway, movie, sorry, yeah. which is like not so haha funny, it's sad too, but I. It's subtle. Was it's, like, a sub- it's a nice, subtle film. Yeah. Sure. But I yeah. was like a sad teenage girl like i played that character with a lot of sadness um which is also you know a uh, fault because i do hear from casting directors every now and then hey uh this character's not depressed <laughs> like you need to lighten up um and that's what made well, me go I'm pretty sure pretty sure she's depressed that's so. i was she's... like this character murdered her father i think she's maybe depressed and they were like no yeah. she's just quirky um but you she's know. cool with it you might actually be <laughs> more well cor- you might actually be more correct than the writers on that one but you know who knows depends on the i don't tone. know i'm not depends <laughs> on the tone i suppose yeah i guess it depends um, on the tone i think you're right thanks. you tell them next time this guy <laughs> who looks like he's a, looks like he's in wwe said it's okay to do i will want. <laughs> fall out boy said that it's fine yeah um, just the fall out <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be like, um, oh, fucking kill! It's gonna be a kill me, please. <laughs> like I get it, and you'll be like, I get it, I get it. We're the same. So I can do this depressed then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, and now I've now you know after I got that feedback feedback enough times, I was like, maybe I should actually do therapy instead of just using like art as therapy. Um, yeah. But I do think that does still give me an interesting insight, and I've been able to understand like how. Sometimes if a character is really like fun or light, how that juxtaposes with maybe a sadness that exists inside them or yeah. an anxiety, you know, how that relates in that way. Um, so it adds, a, it adds a realness to it, though. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one that like, I mean, it's just a really good like door for me into these characters almost immediately. If I can sense that there, then it just is like a ground zero um uh, yeah, i think that's great i think at the end of the day depression is kind of this weird like you can say you're looking at things glass half empty i feel like you're just kind of being a more of a realist Do, yes i yeah. so agree i was always told growing up that i was uh so too negative and i was like no i think i'm just being realistic about things like people i think like, well they don't like realism that's why uh People are lost in the fantasies of of conspiracy cults. They enjoy that. It's much more exciting, True. at the very least. I mean, it's not dangerous. It's not dangerous at all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's a way. Like, it's tough. You know, I think it's something like that we want to get across by by doing this show. Is a well, I guess you know, people who are sitting at home dealing with their own depression. It'd be nice to probably hear from from some some uh, Hollywood types <laughs> that they're also dealing with it. I think people that have just like are working and doing stuff that hey, this isn't this doesn't make us not depressed. You know, we're just we're we're also dealing with it as well. Yeah. And we want you to know you're not alone. And also, 
maybe instead of looking at this as 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 uh, not to do a callback, but as like a as like a, a death sentence, right? Uh, look at it as um maybe like an, uh just raw materials that you can mold into something. And yeah, sometimes you're gonna fucking hate yourself. You're gonna hate everything around you, and you're gonna feel like dying you're gonna feel really terrible but there's ways to manage it and deal with it and also ways to rationalize it and start to really like look look outside of yourself sometimes i almost feel like i'm looking down at myself in, in those really really difficult moments and that is the kind of the rational brain looking down at myself and going like man you don't look great just want you to let you know you're not looking great you don't look great normally but this is worse <laughs> and you know it's gonna get better man you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna get a little better and um, it takes time to get there. But I think people knowing that, people being more aware of that, coming from the perspective of depressives like ourselves, I think I, I would hope would be somewhat helpful. I know? think so, yeah. I mean, some of my most important friendships, not to like trauma bond, but we're like with no, other- No, let's, let's do, let's, tra let's trauma bond. <laughs> I love that term. That's Thank great. You. Um, I, may I, I may steal it, but I'll, every time I steal it, I will say- You'll think of me? Uh, I'd be like, uh, courtesy of Ryan Simpkins. <laughs> courtesy of, I read that on the internet. Um, <laughs> but that was an Instagram infographic. Um, oh, was it really? It's great. I'm not sure, know. but thank uh, you. Um, yeah, you should just take it. It's yours. Yeah. I'm going to clean it. Um, but some of my like most important friendships were people who like also were suffering in some way or another that I could relate to. And we were able to get through it together, even just by like talking about it. And so even if yeah. you're like listening on your drive to work or whatever to strangers talk about it, I'm sure it, it'll make you feel better. Not even like, yeah. I hate when people are like, you're not alone. Cause I'm like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, let's make this very clear. Everyone that's listening right now by themselves, you are physically alone. Yeah. You're, you're alone. We're not with you. We don't want to tell you that you're not alone, but you're not alone in deal. You're not the only one dealing with this. And I think in that you should feel a little better because I think it's easy. I feel alone all the time in dealing with, Yeah, I mean, I've been married for, for 10 years and sometimes I feel alone in my, in my marriage until we talk about a problem that we're having that right. I feel better and, and I feel the support and vice versa with my wife, you know, and I think it happens in friendships. It happens all the time and it definitely happens with depression. And like, I just think about the kid sitting in like Missouri his his his, rep, his his state representative is Josh Hawley it's not good nothing nothing good's happening <laughs> but like <laughs> at the at the end of the day he's alone and maybe his parents don't or he or she or they god damn it I'm doing they, it again they their parents there you go their parents <laughs> do not understand them they don't feel understood maybe they're not being supportive of mental I know I know people with kids that don't really recognize their kids issues and don't believe in therapy and stuff. And that's gotta be hard. And you're really stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I think if there's a, and I, I just, you know, I think people should know they're not alone in that regard, but you are alone in your room. Yeah. And you're I'm, alone yeah. listening to this and that's chill. That's fine. You're alone listening to the, the uh, to the Smiths, <laughs> to the Cure. Probably. To Joy wait, Division. Wait, they're listening to the Smiths and us at the same time. They have ADHD yeah. as well. Why wouldn't you put a little oh. low, low Smiths on the in the background? Yeah, I watch low... TV and play video games. I get yeah. it. Yeah, listen to Viva Hate and I Hate Myself at the same time. You know why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on that note, because I've kept you for an hour. 
It's been a great hour. It's been a great hour. Thank you so much, Ryan. This is awesome. Um, appreciate you opening up and uh, listening and having to hear the sound of my voice. I'm sorry. No, thank you for having me. It was lovely to to talk about the sad stuff. It and but but it didn't feel sad. It was nice. It was fun. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Wade, would it be wrong of me to say that that uh, interview <laughs> with Ryan, let's just say, well, I mean, that was a, it was great to talk to her. It's great to talk to you, really. This is what this is. We're all kind of waiting to talk to you. What do you Who, have? Who, me? What, you. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah. It's an honor to be here. I, I, I really chimed in there when it mattered. Well, that's, you know, that's why you're the best in the business and everyone knows. This is why people tune in on this FM station to this show. Wade in the Morning, starring Joe Troman. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I don't know. Thanks for listening. I weighed myself. Uh, oh. <laughs> How many different titles does this show have? I don't know. Thanks for listening. I hate myself. That's the name of the show. Thanks, guys, for turning in, t- tuning, tuning in, and uh, now we'll, it's time uh, to turn in. We're all gonna, we're all gonna uh, put our, put on our nighttime booties and uh, cover up. We're going to go to bed, and when we wake up all snugly and warm, you're going to hear us again, and we won't hear you next week. Bye! I Hate Myself is a heavy metal entertainment production produced by Matthew Medney, Tommy Coriel, and technical producer Mike Scalombro in association with Brendan Walter and John Lolo for Crush Pictures and Ari Lubet for Three Arts Entertainment. Original music by Patrick Stump. You guys know who he is. Uh, And if you like this podcast and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. I know that's very desperate, but I'm a desperate man. These are desperate times. You're all desperate for validation. I'm desperate for validation. Let's validate each other by giving us a five-star review.